You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride and on Twitter at Slow Ride Pod. Hello and welcome to the 412th episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. This is Tim in Orlando, Florida. This is Matt in sunny Spring Lake, Minneapolis. And this is Spencer in Holyoke, Massachusetts. Little guy, do not be fooled. Do not get used to that weather. I'm just saying I am... unseasonably warm. Very unseasonably. Death is coming. Yeah. But... Also, Ice World is coming. So no, it is. I mean, I I'm we're living through the best side of of the fact that the uh, Earth is burning right now because it's it's the end of October <laughs> right. and we're going on bike rides. I'm seeing I'm seeing uh, duplex yeah. bars. I saw Chris Qualley on a Chris Qualley. Um, wow, nice sight, Ooh. Spencer. That's Ooh. a point I wanted to make <laughs> before we get Uh-oh. into this podcast. That actually, got me that got me out of my seat. Is that a explain is that why a, that's important? Chris Qualley is K V A L E is like the yes. the god frame builder of Minneapolis. Like he's he's the yes. he's the original one that anyone that starts building around here wants to be. He makes just gorgeous thin lugs that just like taper off to infinity. Spencer yes. owned one, and this is what yes. I want to ask. Do you uh-huh. regret selling that bike? Um Yes and no, I would say. Yes, it's a beautiful bike. Yes, I miss it. It was a track bike that I raced on the velodrome with, so I, it would get no use at all. Yeah, for sure. And I know that where I sold it to a friend, and I know that where it went, it is living a much better life than I could be giving it right now. So it's one of those kind of yeah situations, you know. Well, that's good. So I understand that. Can I say one thing about Chris Cole? Not only is he an amazing frame builder. Well, when I was an amazing, amazing frame builder, but when I saw him riding toward me on the river road, he is that he is that old school guy that everyone knows in the neighborhood in their zone who does not wear a helmet. Hat is at the perfect amount of luft, like the most classy Rafa esque jerseys, but they are they are of a vintage that I can't define why they're not too stretched out. But everything is perfect, and he's on this beautiful lug steel road bike he built. And he's coming up towards you, and you're like, who is this classy Euro pro from the 1970s? And you're like, oh, yeah, I know who that guy is. Okay, one. Mustache shoe. Everyone do yourself a favor if you're listening to this. Google Chris Qualley, and that's K-V-A-L-E, like little guys said earlier. It's a wonderful website. There's a ton of great pictures, and a legendary Minneapolis frame builder. But little guy. Was he wearing Rafa, or was it a Rafa-esque vintage kit from the seventies? This is very that, important. No, that's for me yes to understand. That's what I'm saying. It was it was probably like an older wool jersey that he's had since the seventies. Okay. He keeps very, it mothballs. Very, he, very, he probably it, he probably was, won some big race in 1975 wearing it. This is very, know? this is was very it, important uh, because was it the Raphael jersey though? No, it didn't have anything on it, the but same? it was baby blue, okay. Okay. and it had it had piping on the arms, and then his frame that he was on that he built so, was right. baby blue Match. and matched. It's oh, it's just of course, yes, it's so good. The legend so of good. Chris Qualley just grew that much more, and the fact that he was not wearing a helmet, no, 
made me love it that so much, much more as well. The perfect. I've loft. been real renegade lately. I'm just gonna say I've become a real renegade lately, and um, wear helmets with the kids, <laughs> driving, take them to school every morning. Yeah. Uh-huh. But you know, s- some days just gonna go down to the coffee shop on my preferred route on roads where I see no cars, mm-hmm. just nice bumpy brick roads, <laughs> and I feel the disdain and the ire uh-huh. of cyclists blocks over as they're uh-huh. dodging the cagers. And I just have a perfectly lufted hat. Oh, so good. I can wish uh, I was only Chris How Pauly. does all now, that ego fit underneath that small cycling cap? That's... <laughs> it, it is a triple extra large okay, uh, cycling right. cap to fit, to fit, to fit the, the hair and the ego. Uh-huh. It's a very, I've, I've actually been on the market for one of the old school hair nets because it actually lets the ego breathe a little bit while yeah. providing yeah. next yeah, yeah. to zero protection. That's great. Um, yeah. I am... I've probably, I, w- I want to say this. It, I know I'm bragging about not wearing a helmet. I'm probably about ninety percent <laughs> wearables right now. Yeah, ninety percent of the time I'm wearing a helmet. So you know, keep your letters at home. Um, <laughs> when I didn't wear a helmet as a bike messenger for all those years, and then when huh. little guy got absolutely destroyed by the car, I started wearing my helmet immediately after that. Uh-huh. Did you start? So that's so when I started. Wait, wait, no, hang on. Yeah, yeah. No, hang on, hang on. Now we were all bike messengers at the same time, and I also got but, annihilated by a car. Yeah. Now you yeah, did not I, I was like, whatever. No, no. That. I was like, ah, you know, you probably asked for it. You know, it's like, well, what was he? You know, yeah, he's Spencer out got there worse than me. So interesting. Yeah. So when little guy got hit, that that was an eye opener for me. I I I had to put the Fossa Bordalo hat underneath the helmet that was uh-huh. a, a point of pride yeah. um i had, think i had my uh my old smith eyeglasses that if i wore right now you guys would mistake me for um garrett thomas you'd be uh-huh. like oh who's that fashionable person uh-huh. Uh-huh. with sunglasses that fit within the eye socket i could tie this all together because when i was messaging uh some of the time anyway i was riding my zeus road bike that i converted mm-hmm. to a fixed gear with my Zeus cap that did match, and I th- imagine I had a decent amount of luft. I don't know. Um, but I, I never really wore it messengering, but I do have a nice vintage Zeus wool jersey yeah, as I've seen well. That. It's classic. So. Do you, so, Spencer, between, like when you. Halloween is around the corner. Uh-huh. Do you feel that, like, you looked the part as a bike messenger? Um. Memory, yes. In my memory, I do. When I see pictures from the era, I think, what was I doing? You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Obviously, well, yeah. same here. I mean, I was a, I mean, the name Super Rookie doesn't just come about accidentally. No. I mean, I was definitely looking the part. I think that you could pick me up at a, uh, a Spirit Halloween store and looking just fantastic if you got the bike messenger outfit. I had uh-huh. the U-lock in the back pocket. Yeah. I had the 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 crinkly the crinkly uh, key keychain. Oh, now yeah. you, yeah. I Wrist recall, had the toe thing. strap. You had the toe strap, right? I did. I used a nice leather yeah. uh, <laughs> binda um, toe strap. It was white. We're such leather. nerds. Only and, the best. Uh, Only you know, the best. Punched a hole yeah. through the end of it. Yeah. Ran yeah. a key ring through. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It was it was yeah. pretty sweet. I still have it. <laughs> I had a Bailey Works messenger bag. That's a pretty good entry level messenger bag for anybody. The only thing, Timbuktu probably would have been a little bit better where you could design your own mm-hmm. panels. It's a little um, on the nose. Uh, yeah, 
Bailey. Yeah. Bailey so, was actually maybe the most. That was pretty cool uh, at the time. Yeah, the yeah. deepest foray you made into culture. Yeah, I would have thought the Chromebook really? would have been the starting point for you. Yeah. I thought, no, no. The Bailey, I, I knew I had to look the part. And Bailey okay. Works, shout out to them. I still buy a bunch of Bailey Works stuff. They've repaired many of my bags over the years. Um, great stuff. Now, little guy, do you remember um, looking the part when you were the courier? I mean, yeah, I think so. I don't know. At first, okay. no. At first, I had a, I had a hand-me-down uh, uh, Timbuktu bag at first. From Eddie, and that so, and that thing looked the part because it had like ten years of Eddie sweat on it. So <laughs> gross. So it was very gross. So then we were couriers for a while, and then we decided to start bike riding. And we've told this story a few times, but we went on our first yeah. group ride, the three of us together. Yep. And I think we all wore jeans on that ride, or pants of some kind. Yep. Yeah. No um, spandex. I did have. Well, I had spandex underneath the jeans, but I didn't want anybody to see it. Mm. I didn't want to intimidate anybody. Yes. We did like 40 my, my miles. Hoop. That was uh, brutal. We did, killed us. We did 40 miles in, in cuffed jeans. Um, I don't think we brought our bags. No. No. I, I mean, I'm that would have been sure probably like... <laughs> we wore cycling jerseys with yeah. pants. Yeah, yeah, I think so. It was a full Definitely. look. I, I wore my Minneapolis Messengers jersey. The extra, the arrow dress, trip, like double extra large, sponsored by Sex World. Yep. Um, I, that was all I wore. And then I had yeah. a pair of dumpster bibs, but definitely jeans on the top. I believe yep. Carhartts, yeah, yeah. to be exact. Um, nice and aerodynamic. So we, we kind of had to learn the hard way of how to dress to be accepted. Because a lot of people didn't want to talk to us on that ride. <laughs> they, were, they were yelling at us, but they didn't want to talk to us. They were really, really telling us not to get out of the saddle on hills um, everything. So... That leads me to the the meme that is flowing floating around the internet. Yeah, the the meme about you know like, hey, this is what a Fred looks like, and it's yeah. basically the bagged costume that you get at the Spirit Halloween store. Yep. And the image that they have is a Rafa hat, a Rafa jersey, Rafa bibs, Rafa gloves. I think Rafa water bottle. Mm-hmm. Um, we does that suffice? Yeah. For the Fred. Is is the Fred now a Rafa consumer? Should be so lucky, man, to start out as a Fred and and just wear uh, Rafa. I feel like the kids today have it too easy. We had we had hand me down garbage that didn't fit right. <laughs> yeah, man. Like where's the learning curve, right? Like if you can just spend your way into not looking like a Fred, which sort of makes you look like a Fred now allegedly yeah I, I don't know it's a weird so it's a weird thing so think, because it it takes years of writing and and talking to uh you know the old heads and all that stuff to learn what not to do and now you can just buy it so was it is it having too much i think sometimes when you see a roadie mm-hmm. everything is perfect everything matches that i feel like gives you the impression that this person literally just came from the store bought everything uh-huh. it's when you see somebody with they got some nice rafa stuff or whatever brand and but they've also got on some weird old dirty socks or you know what i mean there's like one or two <laughs> things out which you just you you can just uh-huh. tell that it's just the rotation you know what i mean that it's sure, like sure. Uh-huh. that person that uh-huh. person's that person's riding so, and they and they just have those they've had those gloves since 1974 right, but they had right. to get new bibs you know i'm hearing you and i saw this meme tim uh floating around the instagrams yeah. and it's a 
the it's going around for every genre, did, right? Did and you chuckle? The, did you laugh? No, not at all. Um, no, it's the it's I the Halloween spirit of Halloween packaging with all the stuff and the guy on it, and it says this is a Fred by a Fred costume, and I looked at that and I said. <laughs> Well, it's not funny, and I'm not laughing, not because that's a stupid thing to do, because it is, but because that's not a Fred. I was like, my image in my brain of what a Fred is is very different. I didn't see any primal wear on that guy at all. (laughs) And to me, that is the calling card of a Fred. It is uh, the primal wear jersey, maybe a neon uh, pearl Izumi vest over that. The helmet mirror comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Things like this. See, the, so, I think the problem is off. for me that I'm I'm trending into Fred territory in all no, my well, cycling yeah. choices. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I I yeah, the, I don't think I can. See, what I'm saying is I don't think I can see Freds anymore. Like when I was racing well, I, road, I, I feel think, like I had yeah. a definition of Fred. And now I'm like, hey, look at that dude. I wouldn't have tucked in that T-shirt. I would have let that T-shirt be untucked. That's but a Fred. It's cool. A fred can't see a Fred. No, it, it's like vampires and mirrors. It's true. It's true. So. I think first off, before we have this real conversation, Fred is a term of endearment to it the is. folks and and to the 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 no for us on the podcast because everyone it's people everyone, riding bikes. Everyone it's, has been a like, Fred. Everyone all, was, and we all look like on this Freds. Podcast was yeah. We all absolutely. We all look like Freds to non cyclists. That's like the most important thing here. Is that oh, no matter certainly. how fashionable you think you look. Because you're spending four hundred dollars on the jersey and kit combo, you still look like a clown in a skin suit. Yeah, right. Like you, everyone else, you're still yeah. looking like a Fred to everybody else. That so it's only Certainly. the this definition within. So it's a term of endearment to me. Um, yeah, I'd agree. With I that. thought the joke was kind of funny. I, okay. I thought it was funny because um, Rafa came in from the outside as this like very high pinnacle brand, mm-hmm. and actually has done a fairly good job of fashion, becoming making cycling a little bit less busy. Now, everyone knows how much <laughs> we love Primal Wear jerseys on this podcast. Uh, Very important. And, mm-hmm. and Bao Bao, I know you're out there helping design our Slow Ride podcast jersey. Maybe we can take a little Primal Wear into the influence of this kid. Just a very, but, just, a, the, just a hint, just a whisper. Just, yeah, just a, a pinch, whisper. A pinch, just yeah. enough. Uh-huh. Just a pinch of salt. But the importance here is that if Spencer wants to start describing what we, what I guess the Slow Ride podcast would say is a Fred, I understand why you're going to go with Primal Wear, Helmet Mirror, maybe something uh-huh. that's not even a new cyclist as much as a cyclist that just doesn't give a rat's ass. Right. About, right? Like, like a little guy. Like, yeah. right? Like, little guy doesn't care. He's going to slay you on the bike. He's Maybe. he's gonna totally. go do a cyclocross race Possibly. if, if yeah. he can find tires yeah. at work. Maybe, but the yeah. the the point is, he doesn't well, care. I don't here's care. The, here's We're the all point. out there to have here's some fun. Here's the point. The point is, is I looked at that and I thought instantly, that is a joke that I'm looking at, but it's not a Fred, and I am here to propose <laughs> that we okay. need a new term. For noob cyclist that doesn't get it yet, that is not Fred because oh, Fred ooh. is something different than want to be elite road cyclist. Fred does not want to be elite road cyclist at all. Oh, Fred is yeah. just doing his thing, like little guy said. Going for I'm going to so propose. You're thinking the person I'm, that's trying to. You're trying too hard, and you're spending the money to get there, right? Mm-hmm. You haven't you haven't yeah. earned your stripes. I'm going to propose another. Uh, 
generic white dude name for this. <laughs> and it's going to be Frank. Because well, it's it's a it's a subtle nod to Richard, you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. you're kind of a douche, uh, but it sticks with the F uh, alphabet uh, naming convention with Fred and Frank. Uh, so Frank's kind of a wiener, I guess you could say. Um, he, everybody knows it, and uh, that's uh, that's that's what I want to put out there. To the that to the crowd. A little while. It took right. me a little while from the uh, the founder of the Oscar Minor uh, uh-huh. cycling team to understand uh-huh. that. Uh, I, like I'm if, loving if, this, if, Spencer. If, if, like, you, like the, the, if you are less than <laughs> I don't know three or three months into your cycling career, and you own a f- several full like head to toe map kits, or oh, this is kind of good. You know, I think that's a Frank. Mm-hmm. Like it's, if you're. Like, Fred like it, isn't the appropriate cool. term. Fred is something else. You're still, you're still riding your bike. It's awesome. Oh, we yeah, love yeah, it. yeah, yeah. It's just a We're different... We're happy you're supporting the economy, the cycling economy. Thank you. But you don't need to spend 290 300 350 bucks on bibs. I mean, no. you know, we wore, we wore cards. <laughs> it was not a good idea. <laughs> Probably, yeah, not Wouldn't suggest that, but there's an in-between. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, like, I want to put that out to the to the Frank. greater, to the ether, to the community around the mm-hmm. Slow Ride podcast, and uh, just get some this feedback is... on Franks. And uh, if you've got Franks in your area, if you know some Franks, uh, you know you don't want Franks on your group ride because so, they don't know how to pace line. Uh, Fred's probably do. Um, that's really true. But they might not. Fred's you know? fr- Fred's will ride you right oh. off the wheel. Yeah. Um. I like it. I like <laughs> it. I, I look forward Spencer, to the emails well on this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is this is this is good. Uh, thanks for uh, sharing the wonderful idea, Spencer. And uh, I, I think I think this thing has some likes. I think I think we'll be able to uh, run with it a little bit. Um, in the world of uh, professional bike racing, we did have some sad news um, over the week, and that is that Sonny Cabrelli is going to be retiring. Um, this one hits a little close to home. Uh, mostly just because uh, the retirement is medical-induced due to a, uh, what appears to be a little guy, I, b- I believe, correct, is an enlarged heart or, like, irregular heartbeat. Is that correct? Yeah, I think he had to have a pacemaker, right? And I think mm-hmm. – I don't know. I mean, it sounds like probably if you have to have a pacemaker, you might have more issues and just come back. But also there was an issue with getting his license because you can't have a pacemaker and get an Italian license, I guess. He would have had to uh, switch out somehow. I heard there was he was trying to get a Swiss license or something, but then I don't know. You know, general medical things probably are involved as well. It's it's extremely sad, and I think the saddest point, little guy, is like I saw like first comments on the stories right away being like, "Well, that's what doping gets you," and you're like, first, where's the compassion?" It's like we've as an entire world and country. We've lost all compassion for anybody that has a medically induced um, issue. We have a gentleman here that won Paris Roubaix in 2021, and I believe all of the folks were pretty stoked when he took the win. Um, even us here mm-hmm. at the Slow Ride Podcast, considering he raced for Bahrain, um, victorious, <laughs> not our favorite team, but he was a great wi- rider to watch, and we wish him nothing but the best as he continues on in I... his personal recovery. And as someone that's been there before, um, it is... Uh, it is horrible. I mean, he got second at Umloop to start the season. 
and it just kind of correct me if I'm wrong, but I think he had the championship belt for a li- for a brief while. I think he did. I think he did. I think he, he got did it in after episode three sixty two. Yeah. And he took it off of uh, Julian Alaphilippe in glorious fashion, um, <laughs> which was so great after Julian Alaphilippe's one episode reign. So congratulations um, to Sonny Cabrelli, who when retiring at the end of this year with a victory in Paris Roubaix in 2021, th- the Slow Ride Podcast championship belt at the top of his Palmares. Um, and again, like it's for someone that's been kind of, you know, myself, again, I, I'm going to try to keep keep the ego in check here <laughs> i don't have the skill level of sonny uh-huh. cabrelli but anybody that has a medical problem it really blows when uh you can't keep going yeah yeah i'm sure it's a pretty big bummer i mean heck he got second in his last race <laughs> yeah it's not like yeah, he did in catalonia that's the crazy so, part but yeah it was from the best man so also uh going on in uh, professional cycling land was the uh, Mass Mechelen uh, Cyclocross World Cup. Uh, mm. Check out uh, the Cyclocross uh, news bulletin for coverage, big picture. Bill is actually over there in Belgium, and he Rushing had some it. pictures today of the mirror wall. Did you guys see this thing? So cool. Mm-hmm. So it's weird. It's the coolest thing. It was amazing. I don't know. Little guy, did you see it? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I could race around a cyclocross course with mirrors on it. You know what I mean? Like, I, I already have trouble following where the course tape is and, like, which way I'm supposed to go left, right, whatever. And uh, you start throwing in um, optical illusions. I'm going to have some trouble. Oh, I, I, there's no way I could. I can't see – I can't even see the tape anymore. Like, on a, yeah. on, a, on, a, on like whenever it's a course with f- just a field and there's multiple layers of tape, I can't. I can't tell yeah. where I'm going at all. You're just following I'm, the wheel in front of you. Oh, hundred percent. If I'm alone, yeah. I'm I, the one. No, I did two. I did two races last year, but I did one of the Tuesday nights up here. So it is just a field full of tape. And whenever yeah. I was alone, which was pretty soon in the race, uh, I had a hard <laughs> time awesome. knowing where it was going. Because yeah, it's just it's just layers of tape, and I have no depth perception. It turns out at speed yeah. anymore. Old. The coverage uh, the, that Bill is putting out over there, uh, Cyclocross Radio, he's got an episode out and uh, a ton of photos and stuff on the bulletin, like you said. Um, absolutely incredible. I'm I'm on the edge of my seat waiting to see more of the stuff he's doing. So cool. Yeah. When you see his coverage and then you're able to find the actual World Cup on... Uh, <clears throat> I, I've been watching him on delay on YouTube. It reminds okay. you like what we fell in love with with the sport. Like, I, I'm, I'm kind of going back through this, like, uh, um, you know, what's old is new again and cool. And then Bill's just been there since day one and never gave tell. up. I feel like I'm coming back. You know what I mean? After yeah, I seeing the coverage. Yeah, by your, by your haircut, the that everything old is new again Yeah, it's or pretty whatever. bad. It's pretty bad. Hidden underneath uh, my Minnesota Vikings hat. <laughs> We're on top, uh, baby. Um, so, little guy, what what's new in uh, Cycross world besides um, uh, Femme Van Empel? taking like every win imaginable well yeah femme taking everything ellie taking everything or ely i don't know i'm supposed to pronounce it i forgot just pick um, one and run with it it's fine. Uh, this is a slow ride podcast winning everything to this no though I, I was very excited that sweek won and i want to say we got hit up by two folks on twitter one hitting us up with a, a different podcast that i can't remember the name of right now unfortunately but with uh ellie uh an interview with isabeet uh supposed to st- you know, uh, 
humanize him since we sort of see him <laughs> we've often bemoaned his uh his existence in cyclocross here on the show but also we got hit up asking us whether or not we thought Sweek was bringing a child of uh the wrong age up on the podium and i can't technically Uh-oh. remember what we ruled whenever we made a slow ride podcast rule hard and fast didn't write it down don't know where it is <laughs> But I think he it's probably his... good that we didn't write it down because I'm pretty sure I like just said that no one should be able to bring a baby up unless it's like well, six months or younger. Sweek takes the win today, gets a World Cup win. He's on the podium and he's got his kid up there. Mm-hmm. They're with their helmet on. They're about up to his waist. We know that Lawrence Sweek, Spencer, we've <laughs> met him. Uh, we've he's a small we shook guy. his hand. He's not that big. He, he's no. he's a beefcake, but uh, he's not that tall. So. You know, his kid's like three feet tall. Is this kid too old to be on the podium? I say no. You want a World Cup, you bring anything you want on the podium. Yeah. A bucket, yeah. if you want. But a I'd bu- say I bring f- your kid you can up. bring a bucket. <laughs> I feel but, like World Cup might change the uh, official ruling on what's allowed and what isn't. Because, yeah, like you said, at that level... You know, you got nothing left to prove. Bring whatever you want up there. Um, I know Tim said any, any, anything. <laughs> Tim had some wild, uh, uh, you know, rule. Uh, that he I tried remember to saying apply. something. I remember trying something that clawing my way back out of it. So let's just no yeah. one go back and listen to what the, yeah, <laughs> the yeah, rule yeah. was. Yeah. I believe um, I had something along the lines of if they're old enough. Or if they're too old for the kids' race, then they can't be on the podium, kind of thing. So I don't know. This kid, you this kid might be three, 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 three to four, maybe somewhere to. I don't know. It's edging. Not, it's edging. Um, edging. I, I'll allow it though because of World World Cup asterisk. Yeah, I want to say for Sweek, I, while I wish him the most luck this year, I don't think he's going to win that many more World Cups this year. He's been getting <laughs> that's true. Take he's getting worked over by it. the sauce. Yeah, you get you get on that podium, you, you take the win, you bring the uh-huh. kid up there because you don't yeah. want to promise them next time so, and then it never happens. You know, like right. that's true. Shoot your shot. Yeah. So the first thing is shout out to a Slow Ride Podcast fan of the podcast, Sharon Van Enrol who took third mm-hmm. in the women's elite behind Puck Pertiers. You may remember Sharon uh, taking the Slow Ride podcast, uh, world-famous University of yep. Minnesota hockey jersey, um, for 16th place at the World Cup in Madison mm-hmm. last year. Um, little guy, uh, speak for the layman here, or the, 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 yo- or the Frank that just recently got into cycling. Um, <laughs> is it just going to be the, the Eli and, and Sweek show for the rest of cyclocross season, or... Are we just uh, borrowed time before the big dogs come back? Oof. Who knows, man? I think that's the beauty of it right now is that uh, Do we have th- these two are really idea? duking it out. Wout's coming back in late November, and I think Vanderpool was hinting at somewhere around that. And I think Pidcock is still kind of uh, dealing with back problems or something. So I, I think last I heard it was sort of... That was more up. Pitcock was like riding in L.A. like two weeks ago. He's jet setting around the world. So, yeah, he was out in L.A. Well, on his old Instagram and maybe Enios um, is ruining him. So. Well, what we do need to do is we should check in with friend of the podcast, Tour de France stage winner and third place at the World Championships, Michael Matthews, in this week's Prem Lap. 
Lotte Kopecki and you're listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. All right, guys, here we are in the Prem Lap. Shout out to all the listeners and supporters of the Wide Angle Podium Network. With your support, we're able to bring high quality, well, decent quality independent cycling media <laughs> to your earbuds every week and support the likes of Bill over at Cyclocross Radio, who's continuing to deliver top-notch coverage of the world of cyclocross. You've also got Zach Schuster and Nowhere Fast is back and many other programs on the Wide Angle Podium Network. Head over to WideAnglePodium.com to find out more about our collection of shows. We'd also like to thank returning sponsor and continuing sponsor, Hammerhead, makers of the greatest cycling computer on the market. Head over to Hammerhead.io, and when you use the promo code SLOWRIDE, you can get a free heart rate strap. Yep, along with the purchase of the Karoo 2, literally the best cycling computer on the market hands down i've used i've used a a a similar product from the big big g big g brand out there and uh i've used some garbage non-gps ones for years and years in the past and (laughs) man i tell you talk about freds and franks and all that frank's got it pretty nice these days uh because you can just get into cycling and buy something like the Karoo 2 and just be like, oh, this is awesome. Nothing sucks and everything is good. <laughs> and like when I started cycling, everything sucked. Like shifting was bad. Bikes were bad. Well, my computer was really bad. And I never knew where I was because I didn't have mapping or GPS or anything like true. that. And the Karoo 2 <laughs> and is setting, absolutely incredible. Setting up the computer required oh. looking at a notebook that was folded 18 times to fit in the packaging and you had to do a yeah. math yeah. problem to figure out how your wheel and tire size was going to like, affect the yeah. rotations on the sensor that was perfectly oh paced. God. And God forbid you put a cadence sensor on that thing. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Where are you going to run yeah. that? I had more cords going down my down tube than I, you know, it was disgusting. Yeah. 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 They, I mean, they have it easy. Yeah. Shifting and, is why nothing's easier. It's like nothing. Yeah. Your bikes are good. Brakes are good. Shifting's amazing. Your computer should be amazing too. Uh, I highly recommend checking out the Hammerhead Crew 2. I love mine. I use it every time I ride. It's fantastic. Uh, check yours out. Hammerhead.io. If you buy the Crew 2, you, they also have a trade-in program for your old computer. You can get some credit back. Uh, knock that price down a little. Uh, but if you throw the uh, heart rate strap in there and use the code slow ride, you get that heart rate strap uh, for free. So definitely check that out. Awesome. Let's get back to the show. I'm Heinrich Hausler, and you're listening to the Slow Ride Broadcast. All right, guys, here we are. I've opened up the Slow Ride Podcast mailbag. If you want to get your email read on the show, email us at theslowridepodcast at gmail.com, where all your emails are gratefully received, but only the cream rises to the crop. Three this week. <laughs> this one comes to us from Jay Lazar. Not to be left out. Dear Slow Riders. Ooh, this one must be directed at you, Spencer. <laughs> <laughs> They're finished. <laughs> it is abundantly clear that Valverde is going 
as well as ever, so the question begs to be asked. Did he hang up his Movistar kit to avoid the shame he would have felt for his team bosses not wanting to be left out of the Middle East sports washing campaign by the Saudi Emirate and Bahrain sports washing cabal? And do you think they should have held out for a better deal from Putin? <laughs> Lovingly disgruntled, and you're neglecting Curtis White's slaying of the Flemish lion on Charm City Cross Soil in round three of the USCX series. Listener and supporter, Jay Lazar. Um, not a question. Uh, well, I guess there is a question in there. Uh, do you think Valverde was just like, you know what, I'm out because of the sports washing that's about to happen to the Movistar uh, team? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's, I, I, it's good to go out before you hit the bottom, right? I think, uh, I think any hero knows that. And yeah, he's a hero like, like too, to many. Like too many people leave. Or like too many people leave late is what you're saying, or they they leave for a couple leave years too and late. they come back. Or they've something, they've yeah. tarnished the the memory, you know, uh, you know, like uh, like a okay. guy like Cavendish should have retired a couple years ago. Really um, wasn't able to pick it back up and and put, perform at the levels that he used to. Oh wait, no. <laughs> uh, somebody else, um, somebody different, a different guy. Um, but yeah, I know. I think there's some truth to that. There's some ego, you know, where you like, I don't want to get dropped. I don't want to get left off the tour team. I don't want to whatever. I'm gonna go out when I know that that level isn't quite possible anymore. Um, yeah, could be. Okay, I was just curious. I mean, I I feel like it's still very telling when you go to the Movie Star website and like all the pictures are Valverde, like they, mm-hmm. you know, like there's still like the drive of really just trying to hit home that, that the legend is still on the team when he's not. Um, but I'm going to definitely miss <laughs> him. Uh, but say la vie. Um, let's see. Our next email comes to us from Jeffrey in praise of Mr. Tuffy. Plus a question. Ooh, this one's going oh. straight for my heart. Dear yeah. slow riders. <laughs> hey, Hey, dear slow riders. Another one addressed to you, Spencer. Uh, last fall, the pod featured a few comments about Mr. Tuffy. I believe that Tim mentioned that he used them on his around town utility bike. Anyway, it sparked something in me and I bought several sets of Mr. Tuffy ultralights and put them in my wheels. (laughs) Now, now after several thousand miles on my fixie and my vintage Cannondale and my Vamoots RSL. Wow. Jeff sounded like me out there, buddy. I've not flouted once. Yeah, I've not flatted once with these Mr. Tuffy's, Mr. Tuffy's, not around Boston and not even when riding the glass and thorn strewn roads in Coachella with those desert bike club guys. It's been amazing. So, yay, Mr. Tuffy. Mm -hmm. So first off, the first half of the email, this is straight in the wheelhouse. Mr. Tuffy is a tire liner. They probably peaked out probably 1999, 2000 when I was buying them all. I don't don't know anybody else that ever heard of had the tire lighters. They're great. I I saw them at discount last time I was at the hub here in Minneapolis. There was a big pile of them in the discount zone. So yeah, I uh, I was in, I was impressed that they were still produced, but they were a a plus product back in the day. Yeah, a plus. You guys used to make so much fun of me for running those things, but I never had flats. I had I had them in, I, my, in my tires. I probably just didn't tell you. So so Jeff continues, but I've got a performance related question. How much am I giving up 
ride quality, acceleration, etc. Of course, a bike is always faster when it's moving rather than waiting for the wheel van or when changing out a tube, but I go back and forth. Why did I buy these light wheels anyway? And then I wonder, how much is really lost anyway? Unless I tell myself you're riding a four-corner crit where you need to sprint out of every corner, does that little bit of extra weight, 58 grams, at the tire matter? Back in the day, I meticulously glued all my racing wheels with Victoria CX and CGs. Years later, the convenience and reasonable performance of Conti clinchers lured me to simplify my life by riding with tires that I could fix by swapping out a tube. And now I'm installing tire liners and liking it. So what do you think? Am I the only one doing this? Or is this about to break out into the pro peloton? Always grateful for your perspective, <laughs> Jeff. This is so good. Jeff Wheelhouse. Honor- oh, no. That, that, that's the best question. Honorary member of the Slow Ride Podcast. Just just yeah. giving me the, the kibble. This is like I, I'm yeah. a, a rapt attention. Good point. How much are you really sacrificing having a 58-gram tire liner in each wheel rather than I, waiting on the side of the road for a flat tire? This is a great question. So I don't think you're sacrificing. Weight's not an issue. I think it's how much like compliance you get out of your tires is what you're oh, sacrificing. No, no, no. Weight, is, weight is always an issue. <laughs> weight is always an issue. So here's the thing. If you spent, say, $2,500 on your carbon clincher wheel set and you put some tire liners in there and you're not flatting and you're loving it, but you need to reconcile that somehow, you just take the wheels to the bike shop and tell the guys, unlace these and lace in some titanium spokes. Lace in something lighter. Give me the alloy uh, spoke nipples. There's always money to spend, my friend. And sure. you can buy that gram back or buy that weight back gram by gram good point frank good point frank. but <laughs> do you so frank i got a question though um uh-huh. the the tire liners themselves are a pain to put in do they affect you know, the ride quality yeah. i mean it's not as supple because the reason i ask is when i used to ride my mr tuffies i haven't done it in a while so maybe i got to bring them back after reading jeff's email but I used to pump my tires up to like 120 PSI and they were seven, they were 700 by 23s. This is back when you used to pump your tires up super high. And then it was yeah. just like, yeah. I felt like I was riding on steel because nothing was going to get through that tire with that type of pressure. Yeah. It's hard to know. Yeah. Right. I think I had one also once when I was probably doing exactly the same. Uh, so I, Time is money, man. I had the Conti Gator skins with Tuffy's in them. I was not going to flat <laughs> for any reason whatsoever. I refused to have to change a tire on the job. Wasn't going to happen. And you know what? I would treat bike racing the same way. Uh, if I were you, I'm all on board with this idea. Uh, keep them in there. They. I think the peace of mind, even in a four-corner crit, the peace of mind that you have with the toughies in there is buying you speed. Um, if the you only, need to save the, the grams, <laughs> leave the climber's chain at home. It's a four corner crit. They're probably going to be about hundred grams worth of bling on there. Yeah. Zip up the jersey. The man. only problem to go full select today. <laughs> the only problem uh-huh. is going to take a couple of steps, but if Jeff flat or let's say Jeff got caught up in a crash at a four corner crit and Frank like took him out, didn't go. Frank took him out, but he didn't go down. But he wants okay. the free lap. So he reaches down the classic criterium trick 
because he's right. He's racing with an open Presto valve. He just reaches down, releases the sure. air. So he's got a flat tire. Goes into the um, the wheel pit, and neutral support is bored. They're just going to be like, "Well, I'll change the tire for for um, Jeff while he's going out and racing." They then take out the tire. They see the evidence that he's got Mister Tuffy. Um, no one's going to believe. <laughs> they don't do that. Flat tire. <laughs> that's the only. That's the worst case scenario what. of what could happen. Neutral support is not going to fix your flat for you. <laughs> that's not going to happen. That's your problem. All right. All right, next email. This email comes to us from Devin, the Teslarati. Slow ride pod dudes, you asked, I emailed. Let me say, as a former Volkswagen van owner, I'm enjoying the new car corner part of the podcast. Except having owned two (laughs) Volkswagen vans among a peer group of ex-van owners, air-cooled, we have a saying, friends don't let friends buy Volkswagen vans. I worry about little yeah. guy having latent resentment against Spencer. But to the point, I'm a cyclist, a cycling fan, and a Tesla 3 owner. In my world, Volkswagen vans, cycling, and electric cars are linked. What's the greatest, greenest mode of transport from A to B? Appreciating Tim's comments about the planet burning. But like Spencer noted, the bike <laughs> teak geek green going electric evaluating objectively holds his nose to the scent of musk and buys the most efficient electric. That's your model three. Really enjoy your podcast. My t-shirt is super rookie designed. Cheers. Oh, oh. <laughs> well, right. that was a you uh, know, well put email and uh, then completely just invalidated. Everything really? Yeah. Really right the off the rails just... at the end there. Yeah. Unfortunate. So it thanks for the email. His credibility. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, but, I mean, I think that, you know, what is the greenest mode of transport from A to B? I mean, if you had to go all the way across, I mean, bikes, definitely. Um, Bike? Walk? The, the electric car thing is still a little weird to me because the environmental impact of getting the batteries, <laughs> like, seems like, eh, what's the trade-off? Um, sure, versus, sure. Even uh, producing a I mean, car, but, you know? Like, yeah, yeah, just building I know. a new I'm just, car is a huge yeah, amount of... I know. But it's all bad. Trust me, my next car, my mean, next car is going to be an EV. Like, be very clear. My next car will be an EV, um, but probably years I away from that. Would, I mean, I hold on to the van because I love the van the four times I drive it a year, but I no part of me wants to own a car mm-hmm. at, at all, other than the small part of me wants to go on a road trip once in a while. But otherwise, I have zero interest in having a car. <laughs> they make me upset. Yeah. But I also live in one of the coldest places in the country. So, uh, sometimes you gotta, you gotta drive places, so, I guess. I mean, the vans are cool, but I think this is the segue into, um, I know you guys saw the article that came up over the week and got pinged. I got like five emails about the, the Volvo that was painted to look like Eddie Merckx's, uh, Maltini car. Oh. Um, if you yeah, haven't yeah. seen it, I just dropped the link in the chat here. But uh, it did just the the auction just ended today, and it was for seventy three hundred dollars, which was a lot more than I thought it was going to go for, considering the the rough shape the car's in. Um, it looks good. Would you guys have spent was it in money? Rough shape? I on never this? looked at it too closely. What was it in rough shape for? Eh, it looked like that. Look there's like a lot of there's like some cracking uh, inside, like on the you know the roof panels and like where things came together. It just didn't. It wasn't mint. It was a it was an accurate, like, 
tribute. It was a tribute car. It wasn't like you know a mint car that you're gonna take to the uh, the, the auto show to, to yeah. cruise. I guess I'm surprised uh, as a former Volvo uh, 240 owner myself in high uh-huh. school that the DLs <laughs> that a 77 DL can go for $7,200. So if I could buy back my high school car, <laughs> which was uh-huh. an 84, and was the turbo version. I Ooh. well, I couldn't buy it back because I, well, it would have to be at least double because <laughs> it, it was so little much guy, more car. Was was yours the kind of metallic baby blue color? No, mine was silver, but it had these okay. dark blue velour seats. Because that, that I was wonderful also thing. had a 1984 Volvo really? 240 uh, wow. station wagon that was the metallic. Oh, you had the wagon. Blue. See, I had the 242, so I had okay. the two door. I had the All sporty right. version. All right, I had the wagon. <laughs> Um, it wasn't sporty. It was still slow. The, I, I wouldn't pay $7,000 for it, uh, but anything with the Eddie Merck's name on it tends to go for, you know, yeah. a little more than maybe it's worth. It looked cool. It looked cool. So I had an, I mean, let's just, let's just keep this show on the road, boys. But uh, I had a 19, uh, my first ever car that I bought with my own money was a 1985 Volvo um, 740 turbo wagon. Oh, oh, oh! Fancy, fancy of course. pants over here. Yeah, got a of course. Okay, yeah, I, lear- I learned real quick. I, I learned real quick that the turbo <laughs> stopped working after a while. Uh-huh. Um, but oh, the point so is bad. that I wanted to bring up on this car, gentlemen, is if you could reproduce a car. Now, you guys know that I would probably do the Saturn wagon because I I literally bought a car to reproduce a team car. Um, uh-huh. What like what? This is pretty cool. This is a pretty good idea. The only other one I can think of is when you see the pictures of the old Camp Ignola, like neutral support station wagon mm-hmm. or van Buicks. that kind of pops out or there. Or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So is there anything that you guys would like want to reproduce from the automobile faction? Well, this one is pretty cool. Despite the fact that I said I hate having a car, my other car <laughs> that's not my van, <laughs> my, my, my winter everything car is a, is a 95 uh, Mercedes E300. And and at that period in the mid '90s, uh, Benesto was using E series wagons. I don't have okay. the wagon, but if I could get a Benesto, get a mid '90s uh, E series wagon, uh-huh. get the Benesto wrap on it, um, they probably even had it in the stick because it's Europe. That would be pretty sweet. Uh, I love, uh, I love that, and it's and it's a right. it's a rock solid beast. So it'd be All pretty right. sweet. I um, I always had a, a a soft spot. I know everybody loves the Campanola wagon that you mentioned, Tim, and everybody loves the Multini orange uh, uh, car like this one. I always had a soft spot for the um, very old school, like seventies um, Mavic neutral support cars. The yellow <laughs> when they had the big diamond yeah. uh, Mavic logo. You know, the very like yeah. non modern uh, Mavic logo. Those are super cool. Um, I would probably re- reproduce that. I don't even know what kind of car it was. Probably like some weird Citroen or something or Renault. Um, but uh, I'm into that's it. A, that's a good idea. I like that idea. All right. All right. Uh, if you've got a car that you want to reproduce, um, you can always email us your suggestions at the slow ride podcast at gmail.com. And we'd like to thank everyone that emailed us this week. In a quick follow-up, to uh, last week, uh, little guy, just wanted to give you a quick shout that uh, Spencer Hackett, our man on the ground in Columbus, Ohio, is on the yeah. hunt for the house. 
He's concerned because oh, he said that the uh, the house is in a horrible place to go ride bikes um, and very difficult to access. But he is not going to give up the cause to seek out um, something that Google should be able to do for you. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate that. No, I feel I feel for him. Uh, you know, I knew uh, I was putting a lot of weight on his shoulders, and I do understand that. As an outsider, I can I can look at it in Google Maps and say, "Hey, there's a couple good routes out there." But um, I certainly know if somebody told me to go check something out in Blaine, I'd say, "Nope, not riding that way. Couldn't pay yeah. me yeah. to ride so, in that direction." So now, now Spencer, you had put in the Slack uh-huh. channel in the Slow Ride Podcast green uh-huh. room. A mention of a new bike from Surly, and that instantly yeah. brought conversations to the three of us, because Surly is a is a brand that's, I guess, near and dear to anybody from Minneapolis, because it's owned by Quality Bike Products, uh, the largest mm-hmm. distributor in the U.S. Um, it's a brand that started out, I believe, in 1998, with the Surly One by One mountain bike frame, which is one of my um, unicorns. It's a, like I want to get an original sure. one by yeah. one in the first two or three years. I love him with the horizontal dropouts. I'm definitely on the hunt. What brought up Surly to you? Because man, there's a lot to talk about here when it comes to this brand. Oh yeah, sure. It's a, it's a storied brand. Uh, like you mentioned, um, I don't know if I'm on the hunt for any of their nineties, uh, era bikes per se. <laughs> Did um, you have any, but in the early two thousands, I, I had a steamroller for a while. It was the cream roller color, kind of the off-white is, uh, is that their beige color. The st- steamroller was their track bike, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on. Okay. Yeah. I I had a cross check, <laughs> which was their complete bike with the bar end shifters. Little guy, have you had a Surly? My cargo bike is partially made out of a Surly. I think it's a karate that's like, bike. <laughs> that's, a, that's like the cargo bike. That yes, uh, that is a classic surly conversation. I think that yeah. yeah. Okay, so so Spencer, sorry. I mean, and that's kind of the thing, right? Like, there's a an aesthetic to surly. There's a history to surly, and little guy's kind of living the like he should be a brand ambassador. He's never going to be, but he should be because he's living that dirtbag lifestyle cobbling his bike together and to just do whatever it needs to do right so anyway i got a marketing email uh from surly the other day that caught my eye and uh they released a new i don't know some kind of new cargo bike or something um it was called the skid loader and i just (laughs) it's very working class i like it well kind of like you you started off this conversation saying there's this beautiful history of these wonderful amazing you know one by one and the the steam roller and and all these like iconic the instigator was their mountain bike now we're to skid loader and i don't know how we got from point a to point b but i feel like old uh i don't know frank surly was sitting on the can in the warehouse at at qbp and just like looking around for inspiration and saw a forklift there or something and was like yeah okay that'll do like i feel like they're really phoning it in these days with the names um and i don't know i don't know that i have a point beyond that (laughs) so i think that point noted i guess i'm not too concerned about the skid loader I i think it's an okay name 
The Big they Easy, which bike, was their... They named a bike the Ice Cream Truck. The Ice Cream... <laughs> it's... <laughs> They've had some great names. The best name that they ever had, hands that, that down. That wasn't was... one of them. No, <laughs> yeah, no. The, be- the ice cream truck was not good. The best name that they ever came up with, though, was the, the Surly cross check that had the S&S couplers that was the Traveler's Check. That was yeah. a good name. That's, that's where an all time. That's where they put some effort in. This is what I'm saying. Yeah. That was so, 20 years ago, Tim. And then they had the, the Big Easy, which was the cargo bike that I kind of liked. Um, well... No, see, they had the big dummy first, and then the big easy is the e-bike version of that. Yeah, they had the big dummy first, and then the big easy. You're correct. Mm -hmm. So, but like, but that that even makes sense. That follows like a logic, and at some point, this iconic brand that like really brought it, like it was like when they had new bikes come out, you were like, oh man. What is it going to be called? This is so cool. Like they even had cool names for the colors. Like I said, my steamroller was the color was called the cream roller because it was like an off-white kind of creamy color. It was so good. And and then we got Karate Monkey. You know what I mean? And I was like, oh, they, I don't know. They had the, I don't know about this. Yeah, but also, their accessories. I was on the fence. I'm on the fence. But then you get an ice cream truck. Now you get skid loader, and it's like, what? What's next? Like snowplow? Like who cares? Like. <laughs> The, Snowplow might be the, good, uh, actually. Snowplow could the, be good. I'm going to TM that. That, that could right? be good. Actually, yeah, that could. we could design it for him. It's going to have a 20-inch front wheel and a 700C in the back, and it's got a cow catcher in the front. That's um, the worst idea but, you've ever had. No, yeah. that is not the Snowplow. So, hey, Sorley's also had some amazing tools. They had the Jethro tool. Amazing. Bottle yeah. opener and a 15-inch uh, uh, or 15 um millimeter yeah. uh yeah accent. everything you're it, talking about tim is 20 years old <laughs> i'm saying well, somewhere they lost the plot it, and, and this isn't this isn't only to bag on surly i would say the bike industry at large has kind of lost the plot uh surly I, is an amazing the large marge rim that they have so much good stuff here i understand what you're saying maybe it's my quite old <laughs> They're super old. I mean, I I don't even want to look at what's what's new, but uh-huh. I'm uh, the ice cream truck w- truck was bad. Yeah, I, well, <laughs> and they started with the troll and the ogre, and I think they just started losing the crumpus? a lot there. Like, yeah. and then they had the crumpusers. How did you feel about the moonlander? That was fine. Four, that was like fine. Five inch like tires. Okay. Big the, crazy wheels on it. Like, I get that. That makes sense. How'd you feel um, about the pugsley? Pugsley's fine. Weird. Right. Doesn't make sense. Right. Right. Uh, the Straggler, which was basically the cross check with disc brakes. Yeah, pretty stupid. Stupid bike. Stupid name. <laughs> it did get pretty bad. I mean, I, I'm, I'm with you. But you know what? I think we have a lot to uh, thank uh, Surly for because they were the first to like bring some of these crazy ideas. They, to, they uh, built the bikes that people actually wanted to ride is what... They did. That yeah. was their whole business model is like, what are people actually throwing together and using because it's functional and good and makes sense? And then they mass produce them. And it was like, it sounds like a really simple, stupid idea, but literally nobody was doing that. People were building uh, magnesium, scadnium infused time trial bikes at the time, like salsa. Sounds <clears> great. <throat> sounds great. You know what I mean? Like surly built bikes that you wanted to ride. And it was, they were kind of cheap, you know, obviously. And like, not, 
you know, the highest quality, but they got the job done. And, uh, yeah, you gotta uh, love it. And I, I, I fear for the skid loader and the future of Surly. I hope they can get back to their punk rock roots. If anyone can, if anyone finds a, uh, older one by one, not the one that has the weird triangle up by the, uh, seat post. Uh, I would, I would really, really appreciate that. And just give me the lead. Cause I think it's time that I get a new toy, but, um, you leave it in a box for three years. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about that bike. I haven't ridden yet. Yeah. 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 So, Hey, look at you want a pair of cranks. Um, anyways, uh, I've got, there's a big, uh, BMX bike swap coming up here in Orlando next week. So I went up to, uh, the bike shop. There's a bike shop up here called Juvie Hall. Uh, it is run by the folks behind Sparky's distribution, which are the importers of like sub Rosa rant and all these other BMX brands that I'm just learning about now. But vintage BMX is going to be there. I went to this uh, store. It's got a great like little mini skate park in the back. I brought the boys up. They okay. loved it. They this got coffee. They were like looking at all the different bike parts. Um, I immediately uh, asked them about if they had any BMX cruisers, 24 inch, and they looked at me like I was crazy because mm-hmm. I guess now the BMX cruiser size is 22 inch so i didn't know yeah. that so it's 20 to 22 so i dated myself immediately but i did the old like oh, i'm just a dad getting back into cycling um but i'm gonna go up there next week a uh, little guy should i be on the look for any type of a uh, vintage bmx because i've heard that it's gotten ridiculously expensive to buy some like cool old bmx stuff oh my god yeah it's i mean god it's seemed that way for a while i've yeah. uh, i've lost I've lost the dream of any of, of the like uh, late 80s, early 90s BMX stuff I used to think I could someday have. I'm re- just going to go buy old titanium Colnagos instead because it's cheaper. Yeah. So, no. <laughs> uh, uh, pick up some Hutch. Uh, find me a bully. Find me some models. Uh, I always wanted a power light. You can't you afford know? it. Can't. Yeah, and it's been always one of the power light. Uh, I really, I had a Haro Master briefly. An 89 Haro Master got stolen. That was my dream bike when I was a kid. I had a shredder. I still have a shredder, I guess, but it's in pieces. But the uh, Master was the thing, man. I, <clears throat> Tim, you know uh, the BMX scene went through the same thing that the mountain bike scene went through, where we had 26-inch wheels, and that was totally fine. Everybody was fine yeah. riding that. And yeah. then all of a sudden they were yeah. like, oh, you know what? you know what you need is 29 inch wheels. And then that was the 24, uh, for BMX. And then all the dads got into that. And then they realized that was, didn't do anything. They weren't any faster or better. So then the industry was like, Oh, what about a size in the middle? Like 27, five. Uh, and the BMX was like, let's, uh, let's try that. Do 22 spins up a little faster, but still, still faster than the, uh, than the twenties. Once it gets rolling, you know what I mean? Um, so they can convince they can part dads with their money is what I'm saying. The bike industry is extremely good at this. Yeah. Do you, I just want to be on the record that going from 26 inch mountain bike to 29 inch mountain bike made cycling enjoyable for me. Uh, mostly because as you guys know, I'm a horrible bike handler and Mm -hmm. I can't bunny hop. I can't do anything like lifting the front wheel is also rather difficult for me. So a 29 inch can just roll over anything. Um, it was like the monster truck. Uh, so that was great, but I just, I'm a little concerned. Like, so a 22 inch instead of a 20, uh-huh. you know, 
you like I kind just, of just uh, want the cruiser. If you like just monster trucking over stuff, you should look into an ice cream truck. <laughs> Why not? I mean, really, save yourself some money and just buy a 26-inch mountain bike. Yeah, they <laughs> could do BMX on speed. it. You can do and, and you can ride mountain bike kids, it. You know? Yeah, it's going to be perfect. Yeah. yeah. One I just want to have something I just want to have something to get the, the kids out. and Because yeah. now I'm at the point where um, little uh, Nairo wants to ride his bike all the time, and it's starting to get annoying. Oh, God, that's the worst. It's like, all my uh, friends want to ride bikes like, all the that, time, too. And I'm like, just like, no. I was like, don't. You, I, want, I want little Nairo to put it off as them. long as possible. Because like, uh, the burnout is coming. Like, already. Like, come third grade, it's going to be like, I don't want to ride anymore. And I'm like, no, I... I don't want you to start riding until like ninth grade. Ninth yeah, grade, little teenage That's angst. Yeah, grade. yeah. You could have, yeah, you you could have six it. or seven national championship jerseys in the closet by then, Tim. <laughs> all right. Yeah, we all know that kids just, that win all the national championship jerseys go always sustain that energy to the. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. <laughs> yeah. Well. Gentlemen, it's been another wonderful episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. We'd like to thank all the listeners and supporters of the Wide Angle Podium Network. Head over to WideAnglePodium.com to find out about all of our shows. We'd like to thank Hammerhead for their continued support. Head to Hammerhead.io, and with a purchase of a crew 2 and using the code SLOWRIDE, you can get your very own free heart rate monitor strap. We'd also like to thank BK1 of Rhymesters Entertainment for the last 412 episodes where we've used... Radio Do Cannibal as our intro and outro song. And with that, this is Tim in Orlando. This is Matt in Minneapolis. And this is Spencer in Holyoke, Massachusetts, reminding you to always wave at all your fellow cyclists when you see out on the road. The Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod. Wow! What an episode! That was amazing! When that one person said that thing and then the other person totally, like, Set them straight. Oh, man, that was great. I'm going to have to go back and listen to that again. But hey, since I have your attention now, hello, cyclocross friends, new friends and old friends and soon to be friends. My name's Bill. I host another show on the Wide Angle Podium Podcast Network. It's called Cyclocross Radio, and we talk to the biggest stars in cyclocross and even the medium stars in cyclocross and some of the soon-to-be stars in cyclocross. We also have a panel discussion we call the Media Pit with my buddy Zach and Michael where we go over all of the new rules that might be coming out and the calendar situations and races that happen. It's a great time. It's a great conversation. We built an amazing community that we want you to be part of. So go to wideanglepodium.com Become a member there, then go to your favorite podcast app and subscribe to Cyclocross Radio. Do it! Do it now! Cyclocross friends. <laughs>